1: Graham Smith, a professor of politics, at University of Westminster, written a book and done a lot of research about something you call democratic innovations. What is that?
0: Okay, I use the term democratic innovations to capture a group of in- institutions that have been designed specifically to increase or deepen citizen participation in the political process.
1: Uh, could you give us some example on these kind of innovations? So there's
0: lots of different ways that we can do participation, that we can engage citizens. And I'll just give you a couple of examples to give you the, the diversity. So one would be um, randomly selected bodies, which are often referred to as citizens' assemblies or citizens' juries, or there's deliberative opinion polls. And what they try to do is to bring a diverse group of citizens together to deliberate over a period of time on a particular issue. And they use random selection because if we, if we just say anybody come, Then you typically get a a very biased group of people, a group of people who are typically white, middle class, older. And so what we do is you you randomly select and stratify for particular characteristics to ensure that you get a diverse group of people. And just an example of that is at the moment the um, Citizens' Assembly in Ireland is running over a series of 16 months over over about 12 or 13 weekends. They're looking at a series of constitutional issues and constitutional changes. The most controversial um, being the issue of um, abortion and should they, change, should, should they change the constitutional status of abortion in Ireland. Um, another example would be participatory budgeting in Latin America. And Participatory budgeting is a, it has a different logic and what it tries to do is to try and mobilise as many people as possible to, de- to discuss and to deliberate and to negotiate over, the, over a significant portion of the budget in the city. Uh, and what they've achieved through that is a reorientation of the budget towards poorer neighborhoods. But the logic of that particular model is to try and get try and get as many people, particularly from poorer neighborhoods, engaged in making proposals and then they select a group who make the who, who decide what the priorities should be. But you know, you can do participation in different ways. And so what my work has been trying to do is to look at the democratic characteristics of those different ways of doing participation.
1: In the Western world we have this sort of um, representative democratic system. Isn't that good enough? Why do we need this new innovation when it comes to democracy? So
0: there, there is an argument that, um, that we've seen an, an explosion of these sorts of, um, these sorts of participatory processes and democratic innovations in response to various different crises of government, of governance and government. Um, And so there are certain issues, for example, that politicians find it very difficult to deal with. And very often they'll want to involve citizens in that in order to legitimate action in that particular area. The the Irish case is a really interesting case because the politicians really didn't want to deal with the issue of abortion. So they were willing to hand it over to a group of citizens to deal with. So that was an example where, if you like, the politicians felt that they didn't have the capacity to, to deal with that particular issue. There are other issues, for example, deciding on a new electoral system, where really you don't want politi- politicians to decide on the on the system which will govern them. They've got too many interests. So very often, you know, it's been used in British Columbia, it's been used in Ontario, and, and the Netherlands to think about what particular electoral system should be used in those in those jurisdictions. And there are other. Um, challenges or um, democratic deficits we're facing in relation to particular problems where actually the input of citizens is really needed because they, they bring new information, they bring new ideas, but they, as I say, they also legitimate decisions. So there has been a sort of uh, series of problems facing representative government, which has meant that they've looked to these participatory processes. Now, that isn't always... I don't always think that's a positive move because sometimes they bring the public in to try and legitimate decisions that have already been made. And, they, and it's a kind of, if you like, it's a, it's a false form of participation. But there are plenty of examples to show that you can use these modes of participation to make really serious political decisions.
1: Also, there's a word called e-democracy, I mean, new technology, social media. Uh, what does that do for a democratic? It seems like it could open up a lot of possibilities here.
0: I think we can see um, online developments going in two different directions. One is a kind of negative direction, which is polarisation. People talking to people like themselves and being extremely rude to people who are unlike them. So, you know, we see that in the social media world in particular. There's also possibilities for developing um, online forms of engagement. We're seeing it with um, sort of uh, crowdsourcing software, the way that we can generate more ideas than um, we could have done through face-to-face. We're also thinking, uh, you know, seeing really interesting developments in terms of decision-making, in terms of electronic voting. The bit where we haven't seen the really strong development is where people can come and deliberate carefully and in an informed way about political issues. Um, I talked earlier about the kind of citizens assemblies where people come together for three or four days. We it's kind of hard to manage a conversation of 40 to 50 people in a in a really constructive way online and that's the real challenge i think so we can kind of do the idea generation and we can kind of make decisions but where we're really having trouble at the moment where we really need to see more more development and more uh, really interesting platforms is, is how do you support online deliberation that doesn't lead to polarization but actually
1: brings people together And what would you say is the key findings of your research? Do they work, these innovations? The the research findings are mixed. So
0: sometimes they're designed very well. Uh, And let's take the case of of participatory budgeting. In the cities where it was originally established, we were seeing hundreds of, well, actually millions of pounds worth of, of capital budget being distributed through a participatory process, which was leading to Redistribution of, of, of goods in that city, redistribution of wealth in, that city, in those cities. And that was happening in the early 1990s, uh, so the 1990s and, and 2000s. The same idea of participatory budgeting has moved to Europe, but actually, realistically, all we're doing is giving a small pot of money to a poor community and saying, spend it how you like, uh, and we're calling that participatory budgeting they're really radically different things. In, in Brazil, it, it led to the restructuring of the state. It led to, it led to really massive infrastructure investments, investments in, health, policy, in, in um, health infrastructure and those sorts of things. It hasn't really done that in Europe. So I think partly that's to do with you know, political leadership, willingness of political leaders to, to hand over power to citizens and also the, the, the desire of civil society to, to, to sort of push for that power. So I think we can sometimes see the same, uh, an institution which is called the same thing operating in a different way in different places. And I think the real challenge for people like, like myself is to try and make sense of what works where. Um, and an interesting development here, which some of your uh, viewers might be interested in, is a website called Participedia, like Wikipedia but participedia. And that's a global platform where people like myself and my students and activists upload examples of participation from all over the world. And we're trying to collect those to to answer the question you just asked, which was what works, where and why? And at the moment, we're only in the early stages of that. Uh, So so you don't have a favourite? Oh, I I have my own favourites. Yeah, I have my favourites. I mean, I really like the... um, citizens assembly model. I think it's really fascinating the way that you can bring a diverse group of citizens together who would not normally have met. And and in the run, you know, about two months ago, I ran a, a, with colleagues, I ran a citizens assembly on Brexit in the UK, a a two weekend uh, assembly where we asked citizens, what kind of Brexit would you, you know, would you favour, which is a question no one's asked in the UK. We, We voted to leave, but then what does leave mean? And I think I couldn't have done that in an open forum because you'd have just got um, sort of activists coming in and shouting at each other. So actually having a random selection of, of citizens who learned about the issue and then worked together over two weekends is, it was a really in, uh, interesting way to get, to get a more informed Opinion. So that's you know I really like that way of engaging.
1: When it, when it comes to uh, democratic system, one usually think about uh, you know the referendum model, direct legislations that they have in Switzerland, uh, of course. Uh, uh, what, what's your view on, on that? Will we see more of that?
0: I think it as its place. You've just asked me about Brexit, so you know that's a very sensitive issue in the UK about whether about about the referendum. But that's a really interesting case for me. Um, the problem with a referendum is, is sometimes is, is that very often people will vote in, a, in and not necessarily be informed about the issue they're voting on. Now, for me, that doesn't mean that you don't hold referendums, but you need to prepare for the referendum. So, in um, in Ontario, not Ontario, sorry, in um, I can't remember which state it is, but in, in in the U.S., there's a state where they have a mini public. They have one of these randomly selected mini publics before they have a direct vote. And that, that mini-public informs the electorate about what a group of citizens who have spent four days thinking about this think. So we shouldn't necessarily consider these innovations in isolation. They can actually work together to, to, to have a better democratic out, outcome. Does that make sense?
1: No, no, it makes sense. Of course it makes uh, sense. But. If you look, look into the future, what do you see happen when it comes to the democratic system? Will we see more of these innovation, or and, and in particular ones? What do you see coming?
0: That's a very it's a very interesting question because um, I think the kinds of problems that we're facing, uh, you know, in, in terms of you know the wicked problems like um, like uh, climate change, like dealing with social care, and all these things. I, I think they really do require uh participatory processes to 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 generate informed and legitimate decisions and to and to break political deadlocks it it takes a particular type of political leader to be willing to i don't want to say give up power but to engage citizens in that in that process i suppose giving up power is, is is fair enough sometimes so we're looking i i think we need to be looking for a certain type of democratic leadership and that emerges occasionally but the kind of leadership we're seeing around the world at the moment, which says it speaks in the name of the people, but doesn't engage the people, I think is actually a worrying development. I think some of the, some of the kind of um, what some people refer to as populist developments sound participatory, but they're not. So there is another way of doing things. The question is, you know, are there the, are there the leadership, is there the leadership, is there, are there the kind of social movements who want to see that happen? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist on this, uh, and mainly because I've seen these things work uh, and it is really trying to sort of persuade uh, political leaders and political actors that this is that this is a better way of doing democracy. So my hope is that, yeah, we can see more of these sorts of institutions in the future and they're not just used to legitimate decisions that are already made, but they're being used in a really constructive and an imaginative way to sort of change the political landscape.
1: So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live.
0: That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up
1: and ship it around the globe stage.
0: This one's going to Thailand.
1: And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage?